Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word for the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, March the 7th, 2023. And hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you for taking time to uh, to join us on um, our daily podcast, our daily Bible study together. We uh, we've been at this for a little while now, since March of 2020. Um, it's kind of evolved over time from just a Facebook Live prayer group support and encouragement during the crazy times of COVID uh, to a uh, Facebook Live, you know, group to uh, now it's Facebook Live and on a podcast, um, Audible, you know, just a, a audio podcast. So, yeah, it's been a fun run. I think uh, we are about on the podcast. I think it's like 35,000 downloads now. 35,000, I think is where we're at. Um, and that's just, I mean, it's just on the audio part. So, so I know there are a lot of you guys that are out there on the on the podcast listening. Those of you that are on Facebook Live, you know, you don't we don't always realize that there's a whole uh, equally actually a larger audience that uh, or community that listens uh, daily uh, to the podcast, um, and so or at least I don't know about every day, but regularly to the podcast. So uh, it's a fun fun uh, fun community. Um, awesome way to uh, learn and grow and connect together. And I'm, I'm privileged to be able to host it. So uh, today, again, we are journeying through the new, continuing our journey through the New Testament. And so today we're in Luke chapter 11, as we read five ch chapters each week. Uh, and that keeps us on track to read through the entire New Testament in, in a year. So in 2023, we'll read through the entire New Testament uh, by reading one chapter um, five days a week. And so today we'll pick up Luke chapter 11. Let's do it. Let's dive in. You know what we do? We read, we pray. We change the world. So let's do it. Luke chapter 11. See what the Lord has to say to us today. You guys excited? You never know. You never know what God is going to say. A lot of red, a lot of red letters in this chapter. So, you know, anything could go down. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. I, do you have a place? Do you have a certain place that you go to pray? Um, just, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what that means, but you know, everyone knew what place that was. But he had a certain place that he went to pray. Do you have a certain place? Do you have a spot? I bet if you listen to this podcast daily, you spend time with us each day or most days, you probably have a spot. It's probably a spot you go to, probably near your phone or your computer. But there's a chair. There's a dining a table or a couch or a spot that you go to spend time with God. And maybe you also have a spot that you go to to pray, a certain spot. It's good to have a spot. It really is. 
it's good to have a spot that you go to to pray. This, this is my prayer spot. This is where I go to spend time with God. So when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. John the Baptist, he's teaching his disciples how to pray. Lord, we really would like to know how to pray. That's a good question. I think we've all, maybe even if we haven't said those words out loud, we've thought it. Lord, we wish we knew how to pray. Teach us to pray. What kind of things should we be praying about? How do we pray well? How do we pray uh, according to the will and purposes of God? How do we have a strong prayer life? And they watched, the disciples watched Jesus pray, and they were like, man, teach us. Give us some insight. There's something different about the way you pray, the way you talk to God, communicate with him. So they said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as Don, John, just as Don, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say. All right, here we go. Father, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Starts right there. Notice that he starts with Father. He addresses who he's speaking to. And that it's always interesting to me that you know, the way Jesus taught us to re relate to God is in a very relational term, as a father. He doesn't say, oh, sovereign, holy, just, most powerful one, all of which is true. But when the disciples asked him, how do we pray, Lord? How should we pray? And he says, start with our father, our father, our father. A parent, an intimate relational term. That's how you start talking to the creator of the universe, as a dad. Father, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. You're holy. You're, you're, you're like none other. Your kingdom comes. So it's praying for the kingdom of God, the, the righteous qualities of God, the, uh, where the reign of God is. There's righteousness, peace, and uh, justice, and holiness, and goodness. We pray for that kingdom, the reign of Christ, uh, to come here in our families and in our households, and in our communities, and in our schools. Man, you can pray this every day. Give us each day our daily bread, so our, daily, our daily needs. So it's okay to pray for your needs. It's all right. It's okay to pray if you have a financial need. It's okay to pray if you have a, if you have a physical need. It's okay to pray if you have a relational need or someone in your family needs a touch. It's okay to pray for shelter and for a house and for a place to stay for child care for your kids. It's okay to pray for those things. Those are needs. Give us each day our daily bread, daily. Forgive us our sins. Hmm. You're going to talk to God. You might want to address your sins. <laughs> you might want to, you know, you might just want to, you know, God, forgive our sins. And for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And Lord, we choose to forgive those who have offended us, who have sinned against us, who have hurt us. We, we release them. We forgive them. So forgive us, and we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation. Also a very good prayer. Lord, don't help us to stay away from temptation. Lead us away from temptation, not into it. Keep us from uh, tempting and trying situations. Help us to have eyes to see the pitfalls and the temptations and the uh, ways that the enemy is trying to lead us astray. Lead us not into temptation. Lead, deliver us from that. 
Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I found and I have no food for him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't give you. Uh, I can't get up and get you any get, and give you anything. I have to tell you, even though uh, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yeah, because of your shameless audacity, woo, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. What is he talking about here? He's talking about prayer. He's saying God loves you. He's your father, and it, but even all of that aside. If we come to go to God with just what does he say? Shameless audacity. Like, God, this is what I need. This is this is what I am seeking you for. Shameless audacity. Just I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be audacious here. I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna ask you, Lord, for this. I'm gonna ask you to guide me into this. I'm gonna ask you to provide for this. Some bold, audacious prayers. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to be offering up some bold and audacious prayers to God. Shameless. Reminds me of the Garth Brooks song. Shameless, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to be shameless. Ask God for shameless, bold, audacious, you know, hairy goals, big hairy goals, B hags, big hairy, audacious goals. Yeah, just ask God for things that are beyond anything you could do. That's what he's, this example is. Like, you go to a friend's house, he's giving, he says, so you go to your friend's house, you imagine in the Middle East, or uh, in the ancient Near East, these small homes, they're all living, they're kind of one-room houses, people are asleep, and you come pounding on the door, needing some bread for uh, for some friends who've, who've shown up unexpectedly, and your, your neighbor is like, dude, I'm not gonna, I can't get up and get you bread, I'm gonna wake up my whole house. But if you keep pounding on the door, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna get you some bread. Now, he's your friend, he wants to help you anyway, but all that aside, even, even just take the friendship aspect out of the way. You're just your persistence in asking is going to uh, draw a result. It's going to get you the bread that you need. So, shameless audacity. Just to be bold in our prayers. So I say to you, verse nine: Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Hmm. What is it that you need to be seeking the Lord for? you got to seek. Keep on seeking. Keep on searching. Keep on knocking. And the door will be opened. Keep on. Whatever you ask for. What happens is, God ends up changing. It's like what we talked about Sunday. You know, as you come to know the Lord, He changes your wants and desires. He changes the affections of your heart. The things that were top priority in your life at one point, once you become saved, once you become a child of God, once the Holy Spirit indwells our hearts, He starts to change our affections. And the things that we really want become aligned with the wants and the will of God. The mature believer their wants will be more aligned with the wants of God. The immature believers have wants over here 
and here's the wants, here's the desires and the perfect will of God, and it's kind of over here. But over time, it starts to close. The God, and guess which one moves? Not God's wills and desires, not God's will and desires, but ours. He starts to, through the Holy Spirit, move our will in closer alignment with His so that we find ourselves praying consistent with His purpose and plan. We find ourselves wanting what He wants, desiring what He wants. And uh, change, God changes the affections of our hearts. Um, so, is it okay to pray according to your wants? Yes and no. God knows your wants. He also knows your needs. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, um, but what will happen is your wants will start to move as you follow Jesus more and more. Your wants will be consistent with, your wants will be pleasing to the Lord. He'll, 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 he'll change you to want the right things. Hmm. Isn't that beautiful? He'll, he'll, the Holy Spirit, you know, because he, he's a loving father. God's a loving father. He knows some of the things that we think we want, we really don't need. So through his infilling presence in our lives, he, he gently changes those wants so that we start wanting the right things, the things that matter. And that's certainly the case with this passage, right? If you ask, seek, and knock, it's, a, it's about asking and seeking and knocking for the right thing. I mean, the truth is, you can ask and seek and knock and pray for the wrong things, and God's not going to answer it. I mean, He's not. I mean, some people are so afraid, like, and there's a, there's a passage in Romans about groanings and the Spirit interceding for us. And Paul's point in the book of Romans about prayer is that just pray. God is going to change. If you pray with a, with a true heart, like, you know, sometimes you, you pray for things and you, you think this is what you, you really, the outcome you want, but you don't know every, every variable involved in that request. And what you may be asking for may be the worst possible thing, really. You just don't see everything. And so you can be paralyzed in prayer thinking, well, I don't, I don't know really what I should ask. Just pray. God knows everything. And he'll turn your misguided prayers into the right kind of prayers. Don't worry about it. He ain't going to do something that's against his will and purpose and plan anyway. So just pray, and he will change your um, narrow perspective prayer and honor it as if it were a righteous prayer because he sees everything. He's going he's gonna to move on your behalf because he sees the desire and intent of your heart. Don't worry about asking for exactly the right thing. Just seek his face. Seek his purpose. And God will move those prayers. He knows. He knows what you need. You know, just like when Jesus gave the example, you know, if a child asks, what, what good father is going to, if his child asks for bread, is going to give him a snake? Come on. Now, sometimes you may be asking for a snake. You don't even realize it. Like you're asking for something, and God's like, that's a snake. That's going to bite you. That's going to eat you up. You don't need that. But you ask, Lord, give me that snake. Give me that, give me that python. No, you don't need that. But you don't think it's a python. You think it's something really great and wonderful. It's going to make your life beautiful. But God knows it's a snake. Like, no, man, that's going to hurt you. He ain't going to give you the snake. He's going to give you bread. He's going to give you what you need. Even though you're praying for the python, he's going to give you the bread because he knows that's what you need. But he hears the heart. He hears you, you, you're, really, you're really wanting He's going he's to answer it the way it ought to be answered. 
which right there. Look at this. This is the next thing. I didn't, I'm telling you, I didn't read ahead, but this is the next point. This is what he said, verse 11. Which if you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake. Okay, it was a snake, a fish instead of a snake, not instead of bread. So which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, you're gonna give him a snake instead? Nobody. Come on. You're gonna give him some, you're gonna give him a you're gonna give him some tilapia, or you're gonna give him some mahi. You ain't gonna give him no rattlesnake. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, you're gonna give him a snake? No. If he asks for an egg, you're gonna give him a scorpion? Mm-mm. If you then, though you are evil, man, that's and you gotta choke that down sometimes. Sometimes Jesus, Jesus just give you, Jesus just give you like the hard truth. And sometimes you just gotta, you gotta just choke it on down. Just choke it on down. If you then, though you are evil, who's evil? You and me, bro. You and me, dog. We are. In in relation to the goodness and and greatness of God, we're evil. We got evil in us. Does God? Nope. None. Not a speck. No evil. No wickedness. No shadow. If you then, or who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He's going to give you what you need. And the greatest gift, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. It's going to teach us to pray. It's going to help us to pray in alignment with the, with the purpose and the plans of God, with the, the, with the, the perfect will of God. Yeah. power of prayer, man. Sometimes you just get in the presence of God and you don't know what to say. You just say maybe you just say Jesus. You say, Lord, I've had prayers like that, man. You just got in the presence of God and you're just like, God, Lord, Jesus, help. I need you. Groanings. Groanings that can't be uttered. Groanings that don't even that aren't even aren't even intelligible. Just groanings of the spirit. He knows. He knows. He's a loving father. He sees it. Maybe that's you today. You're groaning in the spirit. He sees it. It's a gift to be able to groan in the spirit. It's a gift to be able to pray to the Lord. We, even without words, just being in his presence. He knows. He's a good father. He cares. He's not going to give you a snake. He ain't going to give you no scorpion. Sometimes we fight him for scorpions and snakes. We do. He's trying to give us bread and fish. We fight him for scorpions and snakes because we, that's what we want. That's what he's like, no, I'm giving that. I want it. I want it. I want it. Don't fight the Lord for scorpions and snakes when he's trying to give you bread and fish. Come on. He's trying to give you a boiled egg. You. He's trying to give you a boiled egg and you're trying to eat a you're trying to eat a fried scorpion. Come on, you don't need that. Some of you don't need boiled eggs, but that's a different story. <laughs> but that's for a totally different reason. <laughs> okay, let's move on. All right. <laughs> Verse 14. Jesus was driving out a demon. Well, you know, what's Jesus doing? He's driving out a demon. Another day, another day of dolphins. <laughs> what's Jesus doing? Where are you at? He goes, he's over there driving out a demon. What? Yeah, it's what he did regularly. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, 
by Beelzebub, just another word for Satan or the devil or Lucifer, Beelzebub, the prince of demons is driving out demons. So they're saying Jesus, the power that's at work in Jesus, not denying that he's casting out demons, but they're saying he's, it's a demonic spirit that is empowering Jesus to cast out demons, not the spirit of God. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say, I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? Mm. So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He's setting them up. He's showing them. He's walking. He's like, you need to look, examine this for yourself. If I were, if, if, if I was, if I were doing the work of the enemy, then I would be destroying. Uh, how how is the work of the enemy going to be bringing life and hope and deliverance to people? The enemy's purpose is to take those very things away. So if I'm working to take those things, if I'm uh, to deliver people from uh, possession and to deliver them from uh, torment, how's that helping the enemy? It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the things of God. Those are the things God does. And he said, once you realize that, you're going to realize that the kingdom of God is upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. And Jesus is stronger than the uh, strong man that's trying to uh, torment people. He, he overpowers the enemy. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Like, work with me. If you're not working with me, you're working against me. Verse 24. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places. Hmm, this is interesting. This is a very deep spiritual lesson here. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest. So it goes through dry places looking for rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of the person is worse than, it, than the first. So saying somebody that's, what is the, the, the big point? Someone's delivered. Someone is set free. Someone is saved. Someone is cleansed. You've got to start putting in the right things. God's cleaned the house. He's cleaned out the evilness, the wickedness. He's, he's justified you. He cleansed you. You got to start putting in some things in there that's going to that's going to uh, get the furniture in order. You got to put righteousness and goodness and grace and the Word of God. You got to put prayer, fellowship, connection, accountability. You got to start putting some things in your life, or what's going to happen? You just clean the whole house up. What for seven more demons to come in and take over? Man, we see this, like, you can see this so often. 
people have, you know, come to the altar or turn their life over to Christ, they're at the rock bottom, they give their life to Jesus, they ask God to cleanse them and renew them, and he does. But they don't take any steps after that. They don't take any, any more steps to fill the house. They've cleaned the house, but they haven't filled the house. You got to clean the house, then you got to fill the house. You got to let the Spirit of God take residence in your, in your life and, those, and practically start putting some things in order. Reading the Word of God, getting a Christian friend that you can talk to, that you can be held accountable with, that, you, that can help you and disciple you and walk with you. You can't do it on your own. And so, and, and honestly, sometimes we do that to other people. We lead them to Christ, but then we just leave them out there. We leave, the, we leave this infant baby in Christ to uh, fend for itself. How long does a baby last if it's fending for itself? Not very long. <laughs> Not very long. We got we to gotta nurture it until it can start to walk and feed itself. Same way spiritually with a new believer. We got to walk with them a little while until they can. Now, eventually, they got to walk. Eventually, they got to get some legs underneath them and start feeding themselves and walking and and taking care of their own spiritual condition. But at the beginning, it takes a lot of a lot of work. You got to got to walk with them. So that's what the Lord is saying here. He's saying, you know, you drive out a demon, get that wickedness out of a person. You got to backfill it, backfill it with the Spirit of God and disciplines and uh, spiritual. Um, those spiritual foundations of prayer, Bible study, accountability, fellowship, worship. You need those things. You don't do these things to be saved. What do you do these things? You do these things to clean, keep the house clean, to furnish the house. You got a clean house, now you got to furnish it. You put your little sofa, put your little sofa of worship, put your little end table of Bible study, put your little a uh, kitchen table of uh, of of prayer. Yeah, you got you got to you got to furnish that thing, man. Don't leave it empty. It's clean, but it's hollow. So cool. Yeah, like you know what I mean. It's hollow. You got to got to put some carpet in there. Fruit of the spirit. Fill it with the spirit of God. Yeah, get the water turned on. Fill it with the spirit of God. Like, this house is clean, but ain't no water. Well, you got to fill it with the Spirit. You got to have that living water flowing in there. Anyway. Um, where are we at? And Jesus, as Jesus was saying these things, the woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. Hmm, that's nice. I mean, that was nice. He's like, bless Mary. Bless Mary. Bless Mary who, man, that's a way of saying, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful that you're here. God bless your parent. God bless your mom. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Who are the blessed ones? The ones who hear the word of God and obey it. Yeah. Man, I am running so far behind. I'm sorry, y'all. We already, we already like 26 minutes in here, and I, I'm barely halfway through Luke chapter 11. Meandering around here. 29. As the crowds increased, Jesus said, This is a wicked generation. It asked for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation <clears throat> and condemn them, for she came 
from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon, queen of Sheba. And now something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. What is he saying? Jesus, he, me. Jesus is saying me. I'm greater than Jonah. I'm greater than the, I am the gospel with feet on here. And Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah. Something far greater than the preaching of Jonah is here. Jesus Christ, the, the gospel in flesh is right in front of you. And this generation that is denying me will be worse than the generation of Nineveh, the generation of Jonah, because even though they were very wicked, they responded to the preaching of the gospel. And now this generation is, is denying, that is the generation that is uh, contemporary with Jesus. This generation is ignoring, by and large, God in flesh. Verse 33, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Let that light shine out. So make sure that there's no darkness in there, that the light of Jesus is inside of us, and so that that shines out, shines out through our, our disposition, through our posture, through our eyes, through our, our hearts, through our kindness, through our actions, our attitudes. What, we, what comes in, what we see, will affect what's inside. And also, what's inside will affect the way we look. You've seen that many people come and know Jesus. It changes the way they look. I ain't even lying. They look totally different. I'm going to have to stop this podcast and restart it because I'm about to run out of time. So I'm going to stop this real quick, start it again, restart it. All right, let's continue on. Verse 37. Verse 37. When, G when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. I think it's awesome that Jesus was, uh, uh, you know, in, accepted an invitation to eat with a Pharisee. He loves everybody, man, even the Pharisees. Um, the Pharisee invited him to eat with him, so he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Hmm. There were some ceremonial cleansings that were supposed to take place before you eat. Right? And Jesus apparently didn't. This isn't like he didn't wash his hands, you know, but he didn't do the ceremonial cleansing. And they're like, hmm, you didn't do all the stuff that the law of Moses says we're supposed to do. And the law of Moses got extended into their, a lot of their own oral tradition and laws and regulations. And so you didn't do all that. Verse 30, 39. Then the Lord said to him, now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. Ooh, ooh. He's saying, look, you clean, you spend so much time cleaning that outside of the cup, making that outside look all good. His problem is that ain't where the junk, that ain't that ain't the junk that's gonna hurt you. It's what's on the inside. He's like, you don't spend any time, you don't spend no time on the inside because it's full of wickedness. The inside of that cup's full of wickedness and greed. You foolish people. 
Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? He made the outside of you and the inside of you. But now as for what is inside of you, be here's what should be on the inside. Be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Hmm. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, you tithe. They were, they, were, they were very particular about obeying the, 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 uh, the teaching of tithing, which Jesus here is not, uh, he's not disavowing. He's not undercutting the discipline and the teaching of tithing. He's saying the, pro- the problem is you take tithing to the nth degree. I mean, you're going to tie even your spice, tithe your spices. You go through all the, your, your shelves and you find your spices and you give God a tenth of every aspect of even down to the spices in your cabinet. You 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 keep the 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 uh, the rule the 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 obligation to tithe down to the nth degree down to the the morsel, which is it is what it is, and all other kinds of herbs. But you neglect. But here's the problem: you neglect justice and love of God. You can tithe, you can tithe the tenth of everything you got and not have the love of God. We should be tithing out of the love of God. We should be obeying. God's uh, commands out of a love of God, but there's, it's possible to keep commandments without the love of God. It's like we said Sunday, you, we, 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 we work out of our identity as loved ones of God. We don't work for it. We start as those who are loved and cherished by God. We love God. That's where we start. We don't try to earn God's approval. We don't try to earn uh, our place as God's children. No, God is God. We are adopted into God's family by the blood of Jesus. So he's saying, don't neglect justice and love for God. You should protect. And look here, here he affirms tithing right straight up. You should have practiced the latter. That is justice, um, justice and love for God without leaving the former. So tithing. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplace. Everybody, you know, you, you love, hey, pastor, sit up here, pastor. Here's your seat, pastor. You get the front seat. Pa-. No. Remember when we used to have our own parking places back in that day? Man, I praise God for that. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that church? Remember that when the pastor had his own parking place? The senior pastor park. He had a, got right by the door. I don't know why we got that spot, but we did. We got one right by the door, and then the associate pastor, he he, he or she, would, it was like three spots down. They closed. They did not, they not, they not, close, they not quite to the, to, the, to the gateway to heaven, but they closed. But the senior pastor, he's right there. He just boop, on the sidewalk into, into the, the gates of paradise. That's where we used to be. Now, no more. Not anymore. We park. We now, now, now. The preacher sits way in the back. I mean, parks way in the back. He parks far away. He's gonna show everybody how what a, how much of a servant he is by walking the farthest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, mm, where are we at? Yeah, you're talking about this, people want enjoying the recognition of the marketplace, but your heart ain't right. Verse 44, woe to you because you are like unmarked graves, tombstones, man, without even any, without any, without any writing on it. 
which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts of the law answered them, teacher, what is he saying? He's saying, you dead. You're spiritually dead. Pharisees, you religious leaders, you try to act like you're alive, but you're dead. You're tombstones, inside dead, crusty, old, gone. And you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can't carry. They can't hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. You just keep piling junk on them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you're building these monuments to prophets, acting like you, you loved them and you loved what they were about. Truth is, you and your ancestors who got the same spirit you got were the ones who killed them. So you testify that, you're, that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Hypocrisy. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel, the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Wow. Woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered and have hindered those who are entering. Ooh, that's powerful. What's the key of knowledge? The Word of God. You've taken away the Word of God. You've hijacked the Word of God. You've distorted the Word of God so that you've, you've, you've hidden the key from people. Ooh, man. And Jesus, ain't, he, he is, he's, he's, he's speaking judgment against this generation because all their rules and regulations have distorted the key to the kingdom which is the Word of God. They, and now you can't even find the key because you've cluttered it with all this junk, all this man-made religion and hypocrisy. You've, you've, you've hidden the key, and no one can find it. And because of that, you're going to be held responsible for what Jesus is saying. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. Hmm. Well, we covered a lot of territory in Luke chapter 11 today. Thank you guys for sticking in there. I know some, some of you got tight schedules, so I know you got to be running, and maybe you'll catch it later. But thank you for those of you that could hang in there uh, till the end. And uh, yeah, hey, let's pray, you guys. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for uh, Jesus, for teaching us to pray, for showing us what righteousness looks like, for reminding us that we can't just clean the house, we got to fill the house. So Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us. You would turn on the water, turn on the running water in our lives, in this house that you've cleansed by the Holy Spirit. Lord, that the living water, the spring of living water that is your spirit would live and dwell deep within us and flow through our lives, throw through, flow through our speech, flow through our actions and our attitudes. And uh, Lord, help us to be those who um, share the good news with others. Uh, God, thank you that we found the key because you led us to it. Uh, through your Holy Spirit, which is the key, which is your word, the word of truth. Lord, I pray your blessing upon your people today. May you encourage them and strengthen them. Shine your love and grace on them, I ask, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for sticking with it today and went a little long, uh, but thank you for your uh, consistency and your persistence and your perseverance. Really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Hey, have a great Tuesday. We'll be back at it tomorrow as we pick up Luke chapter 12. 
and uh, continue our journey through the New Testament. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. By the way, thank you for subscribing, liking, all those things, leaving comments. Love it. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.